Well, welcome to The Crossing on this Super Bowl Sunday. Glad that you are here today. And let me go ahead and welcome those who are joining us, our Southeast Campus, our microsites, everyone who's watching online. Can we just welcome them? Let them know we're glad that they're part of this journey with us. Well, since it's Super Bowl, I thought I would wear my Chiefs jersey. We didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but at least our quarterback got the MVP. And so um, a couple weeks ago, after we lost in the championship game, there was a bouquet of flowers in my office waiting for me, flowers of condolence. And they sent me this note, we are sorry for your loss. The Chiefs were a shining light this past season. No, we are thinking about you and now praying for the Patriots. So that's the kind of abuse I have to put up with here at this place. So let's go ahead and get this out of the way. How many of you are rooting for the Patriots to win the Super Bowl today? Okay. How many of you are rooting for, and then wait for it, for the Rams or whoever plays the Patriots? Okay. I thought there would be a lot of you. How many of you are just waiting for opening day of baseball season? Okay. Well, I actually did some research this week to see if the Bible said anything about the game. And I found that Rams are in the Bible 165 times. And Patriots are in zero. So I don't know if that says anything about the game or not. However, almost every time that Rams were in the Bible, they were being sacrificed. So I don't know what to tell you. Well, today we are concluding our series that we've been calling Rewired. And this has been our foundational principle that we've looked at, that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That the only way to change the direction of your life is to change your thinking. And in this series, we have learned that to combat the lies that you've always believed, you need to replace those lies with the truth of God's Word. We've learned that the only way to overcome a stronghold is not a what, it is a who. It is through Jesus that you overcome strongholds. We learn that prayer not only changes the heart of God, it actually changes the chemistry of your brain. And so you pray until the peace comes. Well, today as we conclude our series, I, I just want to turn the tables on what we're talking about. Because we've been talking about the words that have been spoken into us. And so today we're going to talk about the words that we speak to others. And so I was thinking about just some of the things that we say to people. And so I, I just had a few of these up here. Here's this first one. It's not you, it's me. Which means it's you. The dog ate my homework, which means I didn't do it. Mom said that it was okay, which means I knew you would say no. You pay this time, I'll pay next time, which means there'll never be a next time. Or this last one, it's not about the money, it's the principle of the thing. It's the money. It is always the money. Well, Solomon gave us another word, gave us another phrase. Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, here's what Solomon says. He says, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death in a marriage. The tongue has the power of life and death in a dating relationship. It has the power of life and death in a family. It has the power of life and death in a friendship. It has the power of life and death at work. 
It has the power of life and death in a church. Let me just give you this main idea for today. So if you have to leave early, I just want you to have this main idea for today. It's this, is that your words have the power of life and death. That Jesus said that you will give an account for every careless word that you speak. Now let's be honest, that's kind of scary. That's kind of scary because for some of you, you just say whatever comes into your mind. You have no filter at all. You just say whatever comes to your mind. Well, if your words have the power of life and death, how do we speak life into the people in our lives? How do we become a conduit of life to others? Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul is going to give us practical wisdom on how to do this, on how to speak life to the people around us. But the Apostle Paul is going to start with what not to say. And I don't know if you ever read the book Good to Great by Jim Collins. Jim Collins says that we don't need another things to do list, that we need a things not to do list. Well, Paul is going to give us a what not to say list. And here's what he says, Ephesians 4, verse 29. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now, if we stopped right here and went home, this would be life-changing for some of you. For some of you, it would be real quiet in your home today. Be like, what's wrong with dad? He's not said a word all day long. This is the Bible's version. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But this word, unwholesome, this word right here, they would use to describe the smell of spoiled or rotting fish. They would also use it to describe the smell of rotting fruit. And they would also use it to describe the smell of deteriorating and smelly sandals. So just kind of get that image in your mind. It's anything that's distasteful. And as a follower of Jesus, he's saying don't let any distasteful word come out of your mouth. See, we use that phrase, you know, don't put your foot in your mouth. I mean, this gives it a whole new meaning when you begin to think about it. And the idea of this verse is that, is that you guard your mouth from saying any distasteful words. That, that my mouth is a gate and I am a gatekeeper. And I stand guard over my mouth. So that no distasteful words come out. Let me just call this a time out here for a second. And just be authentic with you. Because last week I was teasing Darla about something. And she began to get real emotional. Because it didn't feel like teasing to her. It was way too close to home. That I let my words hurt her and become harmful to her. And I just felt so terrible because I did not put a guard on my mouth that your words have the power of death. See, this is what not to do. Now Paul is going to tell us how to do this. And here's what he says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only. So these are the only words. This is, this is how we begin to frame this out. He's going to give us the formula for this. This isn't just be nice, because that's what we tell our kids when they're fighting. Would you just be nice? Just be nice. The Apostle Paul is going to give us the formula for speaking life. He says, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. 
And so what we're going to do to try to apply this is we're going to ask a question for every phrase here to try to help us apply this to our life. And so here's question number one. The, the question that we ask ourselves are the words that we're saying, is it helpful? Is it helpful? Sometimes being helpful is saying the hard things. While some of you need to dial it down and dial it back, others of you need to step up and say what needs to be said. But the Apostle Paul already told us how to do that. Just a few verses before this, in, in chapter 4, verse 15, he says that you speak the truth in love. You speak the truth in love. That your words are to be helpful, and they're to be helpful to the person that you're talking to. Well, then Paul is going to give us a second filter. He says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. See, it, it's as if Paul is saying that I want you to imagine all of your conversations are like a construction site, and your words are like building materials, and that your responsibility as a follower of Jesus is to consider every word you speak as something that could be used to build other people up. So that when you leave that conversation, they are better off for having been with you. So here's this question just to kind of help us apply this. Does it build them up? When you think about your words, does it build them up? To this day, I remember some of the words that have been spoken over to me years ago. I remember the first time someone said to me, you're a good leader. I remember the first time someone said to me, Shane, God used you in my life. I remember the first time someone said, you obviously work out. Okay, they never said that. I'm still hoping that will happen someday. Does it build them up? See, that becomes the measurement for our words. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen in your marriage if you did this? That your words built them up. Can you imagine what would happen in the most important relationship in your life, whatever that is, if you would get this right? It, it would change the dynamic. Let me tell you, they would feel better about themselves every time they were with you. Well, here's this third question. This third question, is it according to their needs? Because the Apostle Paul says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs? Is it according to their needs? So this is challenging for us because I often talk about the things that I want to talk about. I often talk about the things that meet my needs. And the Apostle Paul says, that's not the way of Jesus. And that's not the way of the gospel. And that's not the way of Christianity. In our conversations with other people, you should look for opportunities to give them what they need what will benefit them. Now this verse goes on, and I want to read the rest of this verse for you. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so here's this fourth question for us. Does it benefit all who listen? Does it benefit all who listen? I want you to think about this, is that every time that you talk, do the people around you who hear it, does it benefit them? You're at a restaurant, and the way that you're talking to that person, that the people around you just go, wow, I want to be like that. 
that the people who are in the room with you when you're having that conversation, that they feel good, that they are benefited because of those words. See, for a lot of us, for a lot of us, we want to tell our story. We want to make our point. We want to sound so wise. And our Heavenly Father says, you've made this all about you. That everyone should be better off because of us. And now what the Apostle Paul is going to do is he's going to take us to the root cause of why we have such a hard time with this. Of why we think, say things that are so hurtful. Don't you sometimes say something that's hurtful and you go, why did I do that? You walk away from there and go, why would I say those types of things? See, if we're going to get this right, there is something that you are going to have to deal with. Here he says in this next verse, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Well, at our house, trash day is on Saturday. So what we do every Friday, we go around the house, we get all the trash, we put it in the trash bag, and then we go through the refrigerator and we take out all of the bad food and we throw it out. We put it into the bag, we take it out to the curb. Now, we always wait till Friday. Sometimes, if we have bad food, we will actually freeze it until Friday, and then we will take it out to the curb because we don't want our garage to stink all week long. Well, that is the idea of this phrase right here, to get rid of. See, this phrase right here, to get rid of, doesn't mean to stop. What it means is to throw it out. You throw it out. You get rid of. You get rid of all bitterness. You get rid of all bitterness. Your bitterness shows up in the things that you say. And more importantly, how you say it and who you say it to. And if you are going to be a builder in other people's lives, if you're going to build them up, you can't be bitter. Because your bitterness, it will seep through your words. Your bitterness will seep through your volume, through your tone, through your attitude. Here's why this is so relevant. Because most of our bitterness, most of your bitterness, it comes from the words that were spoken to us, about us, and over us. Some of you grew up in a home where there was never anything positive that was said. And you just yearned for somebody just to say something positive to you. And you gravitated towards those people who did. And when you bring that bitterness into your current relationships... It affects what we say and how we say it and the words that we use. And it also affects what we refuse to say because of our pride. For some of you, you are withholding speaking life into others because of your pride. And you refuse to say it. And you just hold back. Paul says to get rid of all rage and anger and brawling. This is... Is the idea of to get rid of all the yelling and the screaming where the conversations just escalate higher and higher. He says, get rid of slander along with every form of malice. Get rid of words that demean and degrade and disrespect. Because those words communicate that you don't matter. You don't really matter to me. And your heavenly father says, he matters to me. She matters to me. You put all that stuff in the trash bag, you carry it out to the curb, and you get rid of it. Now the Apostle Paul, 
is going to give us characteristics inside of us that will bring life-giving words out of us. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another. It is, it's not just the words you say, it's the emotions that you begin to bring into that conversation. Solomon says that a gentle word turns away wrath. See, when you respond with compassion, it changes a conversation. Isn't it true that you want to be around people in your life who just are kind? They're just compassionate. That if you're going through something, there may be somebody else who just says, just get over it, but this person will help walk you through it. That there is just a kindness and compassion about them. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. This is the antidote to bitterness. That whatever bitterness you have, this is the antidote, forgiving each other. And you don't forgive each other because they deserve to be forgiven. You don't forgive each other because they have forgiven you. The Apostle Paul, right now, he's going to give us the reason. He says, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Here's what you do. You think about the worst sin in your life. The thing that you are most ashamed of. The thing that if... If people in this room found out, you would be so embarrassed. You have been forgiven of that sin. Now you take all of that forgiveness and you apply it to your relationships. You forgive just as you've been forgiven. So in other words, you're going to let them off the hook because your heavenly Father let you off the hook. Now, let me just, just kind of drill down a little bit deeper in you. Let me just push at you a little bit more. Because for some of you, your anger has creeped into your present relationships, and they haven't done anything. You take your anger out on the people in your life because you've been so badly hurt in your past. Allow God's grace to you. Allow God's forgiveness. Allow God's grace to you to shape and inform your words towards others. That every word is like it's this construction site where you're building them up. That your words have the power of life and death. And so I want to teach you something that will help you speak life into others. I, I was at a conference a while back, and this was a tool that was taught to me. And this has helped me because when I'm in conversations and I have the opportunity to build somebody up, I actually think through this. It's just this acronym, TSP. So think of teaspoon. So think of, of this idea of you are going to feed them life, that you are going to nurture them with your words. And T stands for being truthful, that, that you're truthful. Think about if you're a parent, think about your kids, the opportunity that you have to speak truth into them. Because they go to school, they go through things where people speak all kinds of lies into them and you have the opportunity to speak truth into them and to be truthful to them. Now this doesn't mean you say things that are not true because people can see through that, that you are truthful, you speak truth that is helpful to them. Now S is to be specific. It's to be specific, and here's what I mean by that. Instead of just saying, you know, you did a great job, 
Man, you're awesome. You be very specific. The way that you love the kids brings so much value to them. You have a real gift of leadership. It's why people love to be led by you. Is You have clarity in difficult situations. I've never seen anyone who's able to take a difficult situation and bring so much clarity into it. You have a teachable spirit. You be specific. And then P is that you're positive. That you're positive. Does it build them up? Because your words, they're like building materials. And every word that you use, it's like you are on this construction site. And this isn't, you did a good job, but let me tell you what you did wrong. Yeah, that's what, that's what a lot of us do. Well, you did a good job, but let me tell you where you didn't do a good job. And this isn't, sometimes people will say this to me, sometimes people will say this to you, well, I don't want to give you a big head. And so then they withhold a positive comment. Listen, I don't know hardly anybody in my life who has a big head because too many positive things have been said to them. I mean, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're out here, there's probably a couple people in this room, but I'm going to tell you the majority of every single person they need to hear those positive comments because it will change them. It will change their life. People should feel better about themselves as a result of spending time with you. Proverbs 11.25 says, Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You be truthful and specific and positive. And so I know we've kind of given you a lot of questions to work through, but let me just give you a couple others that we can just help apply this to a deeper level. It's this first question, where do you have work to do? So for you, it is being honest with yourself, where do you have work to do? And then here's the second question, who hopes that you'll get to work soon? Don't look at them, okay? Who is it that hopes you will get to work soon? And they're hoping, they're saying right now, I hope he's listening to him. I, I, I hope she's listening to him. See, do you know what's sad about this question? It's the people that we love the most in our life that we hurt with our words. See, there's people that we don't even like, that we're cordial to them, and we speak kindly to them. But the people that we love the most, we do the most damage with our words. And if you're someone who is easily critical, if you're someone who is sarcastic, can I tell you that never builds anyone up? No one has ever been built better through criticism and sarcasm. Sarcasm doesn't build anything but resentment. And so I have a couple of homework assignments for you. Every Sunday when you come, I want to give you something to take home, to apply to your life, to take God's word and just to apply to your life. And so today, I'm going to give you two things because I just think you're smart people. You can handle two things that we're going to do. Here's the first is we're going to memorize this scripture together, kind of this main scripture that we've been teaching through that we're going to memorize this together, and we're going to memorize it here, then you'll have to follow up this week. But I'm going to help you memorize it. We're just going to go little by little through this until you get it. So let's just say this first phrase just all together. So let's just say this together. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. So let's say that again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. 
So now what I'm going to do for these next phrases is I'm just going to say it, and I want you to repeat it after me. Okay, so let me just start this out. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it would may benefit those who listen. Okay, so let's do that again. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So now let's just put this whole thing together. So we're just going to say this whole thing together. So let's just start from the top. We're going to say it together. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So now we're going to take this off the screen, and we're going to do this together. Okay, you've got this. You've got this. So let's just say this together. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So let me give you the second homework assignment. Good job on that. I'm very impressed. See, you are the sharpest people. Give you your second homework assignment. When I was a student ministry pastor, I, I realized the power of a handwritten note. It's when I discovered that. And so I started writing handwritten notes to the students in my student ministry. And there was this girl in our student ministry who just had a rough life. She had a, a, her home life was not well. Not very many people liked her. So one day I just wrote her a note. I said, dear Tina, I just want you to know how important you are to me. I want you to know I, I pray for you. And I sent it, didn't think another thing about it. Well, a couple years later, I was at her house. I was praying with her dad who was sick. And while she was there, she wanted to show me her room. And so she took me to her room. And on her bulletin board was this card that I had written to her a couple years before. I had completely even forgot that I had written her this letter. And it was sitting on her bulletin board. To this day, I have notes that were written to me 30 and 40 years ago. They're in my keepsake box because they have meant so much to me. We started this series by speaking truth into someone's lie. And many of you took a piece of paper and you wrote a truth that you needed to hear believing that maybe somebody else needed to hear that as well. I loved seeing those, those beautiful kids read some of those truths that you had written. Well, this week, I want you to write a personal note to someone in your life. Maybe it's a friend who has always been there for you. Maybe it's your husband or wife. I guarantee you, they will read that note over and over. Maybe it is speaking truth into your son or your daughter. When I was 16 years old, I got two speeding tickets within a month, and I thought my life was over. And my dad wrote me this note. He just reminded me of God's grace and reminded me of his grace for me. He said, it'll, it'll be okay. 
It's going to be okay. I still have that note today. Maybe it's to a mom or dad. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's the person who led you to Jesus. And I want you to write a note. Don't text them a note. I want you to write it. A handwritten note has power. Changes people's lives. That you can speak life into people. We're going to pray together. And maybe for you, it's just beginning to get real honest and just say, God, there are some things that need to change in me. That if, that if I'm going to speak words that are helpful, that build them up according to their needs, that benefit everybody who listens, then I need to change. And maybe for you, it's just being real honest with God. Well, I want to read this scripture to you again. I just want to read it all the way through without stopping. But I want you to personalize it. That you just take it in yourself. That this is who we want to be. So I just want you just to hear these words over you. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for the truth of your word. God, for for these words that just speak life into us. God, we want to be conduits of life. We want to speak life into people, to build them up according to their needs, that everybody who hears it will benefit. So God, would you use us? God, would you transform us? Would you help us? to use our words to bring life. We thank you for Jesus who died on the cross and that we're encouraged to forgive just as we've been forgiven through Jesus. So we pray this in his powerful name, the name of Jesus.